Hello, welcome to the Short Story Workshop. My name is Matt, I'm here with Mel, and usually, each week, we read a short story and then discuss it. But this week, we're not doing that again. Apologies for people who like the readings. They'll be back next week. Today, though, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to talk about short story collections, because Mel has read a number of them, and I am woefully uninitiated. And it would be nice to learn a little thing or two about how to put together a good collection. Yes, although I feel maybe a little woefully underqualified in that I have not actually put together my own collection. This is something that I have done a lot of research into because I want to do this. Hey, hey, now we can't both be woefully underprepared. I haven't even like read like more than two. <laughs> I'm just saying like I'm not a super mega expert and I haven't got like five collections you can look at to see how to do it. <laughs> this is just going to be what I like about how other people put theirs together and also I think it's an important topic because we talk about individual stories and not really how to make effective collections of stories because I think this is also like got an art and a skill to it. So what do we actually mean by a collection? All right so for the purposes of this episode what I'm talking about is a collection of stories by the same author. I'm not talking about anthologies which might be by groups of different authors, usually around the same theme. Or I've got some that are really fun. Um, what is it? Robots versus fairies, zombies versus unicorns. I love those collections. They're really fun, but they're all by different authors. So I'm not talking about those this time. What I'm talking about is stories by the same author that have been published together, even if they were initially published separately. So, for example, The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes is a collection of Sherlock Holmes stories, or written by Arthur Conan Doyle, not by like Arthur Conan Doyle and hg wells and whoever else he was friends with at the time which was basically every author alive yes it's true <laughs> i think the anthologies have got their own thing to them but they're more about they're put together by editors whereas i'm kind of approaching it from the spec perspective of being a writer okay so why would i do this say i'm a short story writer i'm publishing in a few magazines maybe i've gotten pretty good why would i think about making a collection or even like alternatively i've never had a story published in my life why would I try and make a collection? So this gives you quite a large body of work. If you have one story, people might think, oh, I'd really like to read more stories. But if they're all published in different places, it's going to be difficult for them to track them down because they might only subscribe to like one magazine and they don't want to have to go looking through all the various hundreds of literary magazines to find all the rest of your work. If you've never published anything before, you might consider doing a collection because it will give you something you can point people to to say, this is me, this is my work, this is what I'm about. It can be hard to gauge whether you like an author just from one story, so I feel like a collection gives you a variety of stuff to get stuck into. If you get invested in a novel and you don't like it, you're less likely to go back. But I feel like with short stories, people might be more willing to give you another shot, and a collection is a good way to show what you can do. I mean, presumably if they picked up your collection, then they're kind of interested, right? Yeah. They, they're on the hook. Yeah. And that can be reassuring if they like don't really not sure about the first story, they might try the second one. Yeah, give you a chance to show like how versatile you are, or in other in another way, it might show what you're about. So if all your short stories have got similar themes running through them, if there's more than one, reader will know what to expect from you and might seek you out again. I think for like unpublished authors, it's more like about having something to your name that you can say, yeah, I wrote all these short stories. And some people perhaps aren't suited to the long form novels don't really like them and this is a way of getting something out there that's a sort of similar length it's just split up a bit differently right yeah but i guess the main thing for me as a writer the reason i want to do it is because i want to show i'm good at this i'm serious at this and if you want to know what i'm about go read this book of short stories i wrote yeah 
And a lot of a lot of writers kind of got their start in short stories. It's not so common now, but you think like Ernest Hemingway, Stephen King, they all started by getting short stories published. This I did not know about Stephen King. Yeah, yeah, he was writing short stories and getting them published when he was like 12 or something stupid. What? Because <laughs> he's freaking Stephen King. Oh, of course. Uh, I don't know if that's true. Maybe he was a bit older than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know what you mean. He's been doing this forever. <laughs> yes. So it's a decent way to get started and trying to connect with publishers. Getting a short story published is a lot less of a time investment than a novel for a start. And then once you've got some short stories that you like and you've refined your kind of portfolio, making a collection sometimes seems like the natural next step. Or maybe writing a collection from scratch if you want to make sure that they all fit together, if you want to follow a theme or something like that. Yeah, and you can do some really inventive things if you write a collection with like a purpose or a theme in mind, which is... I guess what we want to talk about in this episode. Just to quickly clarify, like the majority, unless you're like a known quantity, the majority of short story collections are self-published, do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the ways you can link stories together, because there are lots of different ways you can do it. And I thought we'd talk about some of the ones that I've noticed and appreciated. Um, but, but Mel, I'm writing a short story collection. Isn't the idea that my stories are completely finished in, in themselves and don't don't carry on? <laughs> yeah. And the easiest way to do it is to, as you say, have stories that you finished and completed. But I wouldn't just chuck any old thing in a book and call it a day and call it a collection. What I would do is try and find some common themes, at the very least, between your stories and you have less of a chance of people looking at this going, well, I really like this story, but I hate the next one. So now I'm going to chuck your book at a wall and never look at it again. <laughs> also, it probably helps with marketing. I imagine if you just published a book that's like Mel's short stories, people would be like, what? Who's Mel? You could call it something like, um, I don't know, Robot Unicorns. And everyone's like, hey, that's cool. Yeah. And you'd it's, all, it's got lots of stories about robot unicorns in it. Yeah. They kind of know what it's about. <laughs> it does what it says on the tin. Maybe I should write this collection. It sounds very fun. <laughs> What I, what I think you should do is make it clear the stories in your collection have been selected and not just randomly thrown in a hat. And the fastest way to do that is to make sure that all of the stories are the same genre. That's a good start. Yeah. This, again, will also help you with marketing because you don't want your girly looking chicklet stories to suddenly be interrupted by it. And now we're going for a horror in a forest with wolves. <laughs> and they're not called, what's his name? Jacob. Jacob. Yeah, our wolves are not called Jacob. You don't want a sweet romance next to people getting eaten. <laughs> well, I would, but I'm weird. Well, maybe in the um, same story, but maybe not in two different short stories. I think this is important. I think one of the reasons why the short story collection is less popular than the novel is also one of its strengths, which is that there's no connection between the stories. Like, you read a short story, you're like, oh, it's finished. There's not really a compelling reason to then go on to the next one unless you really liked it. I think. Whereas with a novel, you start reading and then the next chapter is going to build on what you just read and it keeps building and building and building. I think the way to overcome this weakness that collections have is you tie them together. You want to make give them some sense of progression almost so that um, even while you're reading different stories, you kind of feel like you're moving towards something, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we can talk about a few collections that, that you've read that, that do this well. So I think in terms of progression, the... Ones that do this really well are a couple of sci-fi ones I've read, which the stories of Ibis by Hiroshi Yamamoto and Stronger, Faster and More Beautiful by Arwen Ellis Dayton. Both these collections are about developing technology. Each story 
takes that concept, so it's AI in IBIS, body modification in Stronger, and shows how, as time goes on, the technology changes into more and more kind of extreme versions. I think IBIS starts with some basic chatbot-type robots. And then at the end, you have robots who are developing their own languages that humans can't understand. So it shows a progression in the technology. So you kind of draw the reader in from the beginning, keep going along the timeline, until at the end, they're in this world that they don't really recognize anymore. And you've built on what you started at the beginning of the story. Because even, I imagine it doesn't share many characters or anything like that, but you still get the sense that time is passing and that gives you a common thread and you're always thinking, okay, what's coming next after this? Yes. What could they possibly do after this has happened? Yeah. And it just keeps going, right? It mirrors real life. Like you start with like chunky old iPod classic and then you end up on like the fancy iPhones we have today. It's like the story equivalent of doing that. So yeah, I recommend both those collections if you're a sci-fi fan. They are both brilliant. In terms of progression... I don't know if this counts as clearly, but it was really a really brilliant way to make the world feel extensive, I suppose. So the other thing that um, you can use to create a link between stories is location. So this is a collection where the setting stays fixed, but the characters change in every story. An example is When the Coffee Gets Cold by Toshikazu Kawaguchi. I hope I said his name right. So in this collection, the location is a cafe where the punters can time travel. It's very good. I liked it a lot. Each person who comes in has a different reason for wanting to use the time travel ability of the shop. And that's a really good place to start a collection from because you have a constant, but you can tell so many different stories. You see this a lot in TV as well. It means you don't have to explain at the start of your story, oh, by the way, there's this place where you can time travel, like we already get it. You save yourself on exposition. You have a concept that the reader already understands, so it streamlines your story. Yeah. Although, sadly, I think this collection did explain it more than once. Yeah, it's a good one to use for mysterious, complex settings. I've also seen it used to tie in with bigger universes, like Lee Bardugo has done Language of Thorns, which is all short stories set within her Grishaverse, which is very popular right now. You're watching Shadow and Bone, aren't you, Matt? I am watching Shadow and Bone. <laughs> no, I really like this idea. I could see myself doing this. Settings is one of those things in books that a lot of people just kind of see as window dressing, but I think there's a lot of room to really dig into it, especially over multiple stories. So yeah, I really like I like this idea. This makes sense to me because your work is often very, the setting drives a lot of the plot and things like that. I do like a good sense of place. Yeah, you often see it in TV as well, like Westworld. So another way that used to be very popular and I kind of see less of now to link short stories is to use the same characters. So examples of this are like Sherlock Holmes, Solomon Kane, um, Colette had Claudine. They are stories starring the same heroes and it's the hero that the audience likes and that will carry them through the narrative. They like the character, they want to read their stories and it plays on the fact that audiences enjoy familiarity, which is why our cinemas are just lots of superhero films and remakes mostly and sequels. Can, can you imagine if Arthur Conan Doyle would publish a completely different short story in the paper every week? Like, nobody would care. Well, maybe they would care, but not as many people would care. It would not become the sensation that Sherlock Holmes became, where everyone was like, I must read the next Sherlock Holmes story, he's so good, right? Yeah, uh, Sherlock Holmes captured people's imaginations and still does. We like the idea of this guy who's so clever, he can work out absolutely anything. And, and again, it has the same advantage that we talked about with the setting one, where this guy's an established quantity, we don't have to reintroduce him every time. Yeah, and we get to feel like we know him after reading so many stories with him. Maybe become even quite attached to him. 
which leads to a downside I've observed with this kind of story. The danger is your stories will become kind of formulaic. So usually the same character, the same genre, you might find yourself bored writing the same kind of thing all the time. And if you're the author, you might get bored of the character before the audience does, which is no fun for anybody. Because you'll be like, look at my new story. It's amazing. I've got a new character, a new world. And the audience will be like, yeah, but I want to read more Sherlock Holmes, though. I don't care. Where's Sherlock? Uh, and I, I, I know that Arthur Conan Doyle felt this. <laughs> yes, I, I know, too. I know Robert E. Howard kind of got around this, in my opinion, by having kind of a type of character. Like Solomon Kane and Conan are different characters in like different places and times, but they're both manly, strong people who fight a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so he's find out, found a way to mix it up while still giving the audience what they want. Yeah, good thought. But again, an effective way to tie your stories together. To use the same heroes. I think this is interesting when you consider that people might read your stories in a different order. I don't, I don't know why, but I guess we think about characters as kind of linear because you usually see them in like novels or TV shows where you kind of get to know them over time and then they kind of change over time. You just had some short stories and people read them at different times or in different magazines or whatever. I guess you kind of have a contingency of people kind of building this image of the character. It could be kind of different depending on the order they read the stories in. That's kind of fun. Yeah. I suppose it might happen less when you've got stories with very consistent characters. But for Ghost TV, an interesting example is The Doctor, which from Doctor Who, like the writers try and give them like a series arc and be like, the Doctor's changed now at the end of each one, but it's always going to reset. In a way, I feel like, what's the point? <laughs> True. I kind of wish we had more of these kind of characters where you can... Just know what you're getting into and you don't have to worry about them changing the, the old reliable. Like like comics kind mm. of do that, right? Yeah. I, it's ironic that the solution to this is Marvel. You slagged off at the start of this conversation. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Marvel. But that's what they are. They do consistent characters a lot of the time. All right. The last one I guess to talk about then is, I have not seen this idea done again, but in Kissing the Witch by Emma Donoghue, it's a book of fairy tales that have been slightly rewritten. They're very beautiful stories and I love them. Every story picks up the perspective of a minor character in the one that goes before it to tell the next one. In story A, you have a nice story about a princess and you might have like a, a prince in the background who says, get off my lawn or something. The next story is then from the story, from the perspective of the prince, even though he didn't really play much of a part in the previous story, he then is the next storyteller. I thought that was a really unique and interesting idea. Does it circle back around so that the original one is a minor character in the last story? Oh, good question. I can't remember. Because it should. Maybe. It's been a while since I read it, but I remember I remember this kind of, I was going to say gimmick, but that feels really unfair and cheap. USP. I, yeah, I remember this USP of it. <laughs> and I remember really enjoying it because it was so interesting and unusual. That's cool as well because you kind of get interested in the character. When you see a minor character show up, you're like, oh, I wonder if they're the one. And then you kind of think about them a bit more, right? Yeah. I think that's a cool idea. Yeah, as you keep going, you're like, who's going to be in the next story? <laughs> yeah, they're, they're really probably my favourite short story collection. I think that was... Oh, I had one more example, which is one you know more about, Matt, because this is one you actually have read. The King in Yellow. Mm. It was such a weird collection as well, The King in Yellow. It's like not all of them have The King in Yellow in them. Anyway, it's a, good, it's a good collection. I think it underutilized the actual The King in Yellow play itself, but it was nice to have that common thread. And because it introduces it quite nicely in the first story, so then when it pops up in the later stories, you're really like, oh no, like they've, they've conditioned you to be afraid of this thing by the time you get later in the collection. 
Yeah, so the idea is that there's a play called The King in Yellow and anyone who reads it is doomed or goes mad. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. We've done an episode on one of the stories, The Mask. You can go check that out if you would like. Good for Lovecraft fans. Speaking of Lovecraft, how do you feel about kind of the shared universe? Because this is kind of what Lovecraft did. Maybe he did it accidentally because he was very self-referential. But it's like implied that most of his stories take place in the same universe and they kind of reference each other and stuff like that. Yeah, that's good. That kind of I guess good. that's kind of like a way of doing a collection without doing a collection, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. It's one of like, the more simpler options if you've got some very different stories. But like just using, so I guess at the very basic level, you just use like a, a theme, Salt Slow by Julia Armfield. The theme is transformation in each of her stories. The characters transform in weird ways. Usually they turn into like weird animals. It allows for like a broader collection of stories because the links are a bit looser. I think these can work as well, um, but I find them like they work, but they're not as impressive to me as a reader. It's not to say that they're not good, though. I do still really like um, Salt Slow. And the other one I want to shout out to Pretty Monsters by Kelly Link, which is a collection of her stories she published over X number of years. And they're all about monsters and that's it. But they're all a good time and I enjoyed them. I'd say it's less purposeful because the stories weren't originally made to go together. But again, can still work. I was making a collection, I feel like I'd want the stories to kind of riff off each other and not all be the same, kind of just contrast. Like how in an album you don't just have upbeat rock songs all the way through, you have some slower ones in there as well. Yeah. I feel like I'd want to do something like that, just have some nice contrasting themes and things like this. So maybe I guess you do have the one thing that you're consistent on, but if you can do it in different ways and then have different kinds of stories. I think that's more interesting to me. Maybe some people are just like, I like this kind of story and I just want to read that. But Yeah, maybe. I guess it just comes down to what you prefer. Again, like these theme ones are quite good for showing the breadth of what the authors can do. Even though the stories are all the same genre, they're all quite like different and individual in themselves. Yeah, you know, if someone could write a collection where all the stories are actually different genres and yet they still have a common link, maybe they have the same setting or a same character or something, I think that would be really cool. <laughs> Maybe I'm literally the the only audience for that and I'm, no one else would like it, but I think that would be fun. I don't know. I mean, I know, not to, sorry, go back to Doctor Who, I know it's technically sci-fi, but the genres of individual episodes can be quite varied. So you get like the hard sci-fi ones, which are all aliens, and, but then you get the historical episodes, which are like war themes, romantic comedy-esque. Um, I feel like there's quite a good variety in at least that TV show. Okay, Mel, how would you write a collection? I don't know. I'm still thinking about this. Oh, I'm, thinking, right. I'm thinking of doing it in two ways. I'm thinking that I need to make a really cool character who is great and amazing, and then I can just write a bunch of stories about them. Or I'm thinking of using one location. I'm thinking of using the sea. I'm just going to write a ton of stories about mythical creatures in the sea, and they're all set in the same beach or something. Those are the two I'm kind of thinking about. I have some short stories already written, which I keep thinking, I should make these into a collection. But the problem I have is that genres don't match i have roughly i think a 40 60 split between this is sci-fi and has robots probably or this is a fantasy story <laughs> i mean like sci-fi fantasy are basically the same genre anyway to some extent i suppose but it's a bit weird to go from robots to vampires isn't it maybe <laughs> i don't know <laughs> listeners tell me would you like to read a short story collection by me which has um like a vampiric lady and also some robots but not in the same story no not in the same story <laughs> uh, maybe some knights <laughs> I, don't, I don't know i don't know what the answer to this is 
no I don't either with the stories I've already got I need to like find homes for them in like magazines somehow or and for a collection I need to just start with a concept and build it yeah I think that's how I would do it I would say I'm going to write a collection using this thing and then go from there because I think trying to retrofit stories I already have or at least like more than maybe one or two would be kind of difficult my mind is too eclectic I think it'll just work out nicer if you write them specifically to a collection anyway yeah you can then work on things like tone and consistency and how they fit together what the order is yeah it'll feel more purposeful and it'll be more satisfying for a reader and and for me as well because i'll feel like i've actually made a big project rather than finish something and been like well i don't know what to do with this now not to intimidate you but i feel like if i was doing this i would say okay i want maybe 10 stories in the collection i would actually write like 18 and then pick the <laughs> 10 best ones yeah that's probably a fair thing to do that's what artists do when they record their albums isn't it they record like 20 songs and then pick the best ones like it's just the best way of doing it if you're not if you're less concerned about efficiency and more concerned about quality just what you do like sometimes i do this when i'm writing any kind of story or even like a chapter of my novel i'll just be like what if i just started again and tried writing this a second time and sometimes it comes out a lot better rewriting scares me but i will bear this in mind scares everyone okay that's it for this week well um wait yes <laughs> that's it for this week We'll be back next week with an actual story to discuss. Thank you for listening to this special episode. Please do leave a comment on our website, theshortstoryworkshop.com. Let us know what you thought. You can also find all our previous short stories and episodes on there. Thanks to everyone who submitted to our short story competition. It's now closed. Thank you very much. We're going to look for all the entries. We're going to have a lot of fun reading them all. And eventually, we will pick a winner. I'm yes. really excited. Me too. I'm ready to start reading. <laughs> so yeah, we'll be back next week. See you then. Goodbye. <laughs>